Welcome to the 813 Discussion. The 813 Discussion is a weekly podcast dedicated to helping our listeners learn to live joyfully by using the truth of God's Word to transform their thinking and thrive. From the home office of Hope Learning Academy in Southern California and the headquarters of 4LE Clothing in Arizona, here's your hosts, Samantha Ott and Pastor Paul Kruger. Welcome to the 813 Discussion. I'm Pastor Paul Kruger. I am one of your three hosts today. We are joined today by Katie Adamski, also known as Katie Bibbins, for those of you that came to Hope Learning Academy, joining us all the way from beautiful Wisconsin, where it is 66 degrees, a balmy 66 degrees today. Say hi, Katie. Hi, and actually four hosts, Paul. Oh, I apologize rocking in his lap of luxury and with his is that a measuring cup it's his favorite toy his favorite toy (laughs) so is he gonna actually uh add to the podcast discussion today hopefully positive things but we'll see well and i could say we have five hosts today too because my dog lundy's right around the corner here and um, she decides to get vocal every once in a while so if you hear that in the background (laughs) it is lundy and then we have the illustrious Samantha Vos Op from the headquarters of 4LEClothing.com in uh, what, what city? <laughs> I'm just in Arizona. People don't need to know what city you live in. So are you in northern Wisconsin, southern Wisconsin, west, east? Yeah. Actually, almost the most southern parts. We're in a very Norwegian little town. Off nice. The nice. Cool. So we are nationwide this morning. That's pretty cool. So, and mm-hmm. I was sharing with um, Sam and with Katie before we started recording that Caden, um, uh, my oldest son, is graduating from high school today at Santa Rosa Academy in Menifee, California. And I'm really proud of him. And he's sleeping right now. I guarantee it because this is his first day without having high school. And he'll be graduating tonight. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and he'll probably be sleeping still after I go pick up my daughters from school and go home. Um, Cause that's uh, <laughs> what he has the right to do today. Cause he's resting up for grad night. So they're going to Disneyland for grad night, doing that traditional thing, but that's cool. So um, we are talking about, uh, well, we're talking about a bunch of stuff today. So I'm just going to launch in, I guess. Do you want to read the story? Or do you want me to read it, Sam? On page 38. Want me to read it? Um, yeah, because I I left my book in the other room. Okay, so I'm not going to read it then. I'm just going to tell it because I've been teaching this curriculum for so long that I know it by heart. So if you go to any circus, um, you're going to see elephants there. Most of them. I mean, I know there's a big movement to get the circus elephants out of the circuses for the elephants own good. Fine, whatever. But just go with the analogy. We're not talking about elephant rights today. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but a circus elephant, they train them from a very, very young age and they put a stake in the ground and a chain to the elephant to keep it in place. And now, uh, Katie, do you have any idea how heavy an elephant is? Just guesstimating because I know you love animals. I mean, like a few tons at least. Yeah. So we're measuring pounds (laughs) in the thousands. Okay. 
And as that as that elephant gets older, they really don't have to um, change change the size of the stake in the ground because the elephant grows up knowing that that stake is there. And so you got this 3000 pound bull elephant with this little tiny stake in the ground. I mean, that thing could, that elephant could pull the whole tent down circus tent down, but that stake keeps it in place because it believes that elephant believes that that stake will hold it there. And so what we're talking about is that the power of what we think is that it shapes how we view things. It shapes how we form ideas about things. It shapes our readiness to uh, move forward with life. I just spoke to somebody that came into my office that's um, feeling suicidal and is, as we speak, um, on their way to go get help. And that's just an example of how what's going on in our thinking in the absence of mental illness, just with our thinking alone. Um, can be so powerful that it'll it'll move us to destroy ourselves. It can also be powerful the other way because it can move us to thrive. So we are making the the bold assertion Mm -hmm. with the 813 discussion, as we've been talking about, people should know this by now, that when your thinking is aligned with the truth of God's word and his plan for your life, that the thinking unlocks things you never thought could be unlocked. And virtuous cycles and and thriving that you didn't think was possible. So, um, your self concept then, and how you view yourself based on the stakes that you might have in the ground becomes a big deal. Um, Sam, you've been pretty forward, vulnerable, and honest, um, transparent with the eight thirteen discussion audience about what some of those stakes are in the ground. What are some of your stakes in the ground? Um, Okay, first, I just want to apologize if I cut it out. My stuff is so glue. So stake number one is that Sam is glitchy. Um, So that's nice. Um, But yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. Um, You know, for me, the main thing... um, is like with my my OCD and like I I just I call them intrusive thoughts that come in mm-hmm. um they could be really like violent and they freak me out and um before I knew exactly what it was I was so scared like I thought I was going insane I thought something was seriously wrong with me so um yeah definitely those are another one um my anxiety is another one that's just like that could be really bad. Oh, my health anxiety because that's so you completely almost have to different. be like a sentry on guard for those, as you called them, intrusive thoughts for when they come. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's your stake. Those are some of your stakes in the ground. That's that's good stuff, Katie. What about you? What what mm-hmm. do you think some of your stakes in the ground might be? I would definitely say I relate with the anxiety. I think we all kind of know that a little bit about me, mm-hmm. but. So I would say that overthinking is something that I've really had to work through the last few, my whole lifetime. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a rabbit hole in itself. You can really just start to question things that I found even more as like a mom. Now you question Mm -hmm. something and then it's, it's Mm -hmm. more personal now because you're not questioning it for yourself. You're questioning it for, you know, your family. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. While you were saying that. 
Good timing. <laughs> well, and and just being vulnerable as a pastor, because you know, as pastors are superhuman and and all those types of things. Um my stakes in the ground are sometimes legitimacy. So here I am operating a school that doesn't always stay full, doing something that I think is tremendously valuable that I, I would think would be overflowing because of that um, at a church that's small, um, running things that in, in a world that measures the size of churches as a measure of success, just like we measure pocketbooks, um, the size and scope of, of things that we design. That's how sort of how success is judged. Um, and so I have to remind myself constantly that my self-concept, that my, my identity does not revolve around um, that kind of stuff. Uh, I have anxiety too. I'm constantly on guard to worry about finances or worry about, um, you know, am I being a good husband? Am I being a good leader? Um, how things are going to work out? I worry about the the world that I'm growing my kids into that I'm releasing them into right now. It's a strange, brave new world that that we're a part of where there's truthiness instead of truth. You know, all of those things, probably things that you guys worry about too. Um, we all have our stakes in the mm-hmm. ground. So the next question would be, how do you think that the stakes in the ground affect your self-concept? And I'll start. So self-concept, um, remember, it's the way that you usually will think about yourself. And it either expands or it restricts our potential for joy. So in that context, mm-hmm. um, I say, okay, how do my stakes in the ground make me think about myself? Do they change the way I think about myself? Sometimes there's days that I'll wake up and I think that I'm a mess. And, and I I think that, man, what what does my life amount to? And that might be strange for people to hear from me. But I talk to a lot of pastors, uh, you know, Pastor Chris here at the church, Pastor Ted Bruin, who's um, I'm going to be talking to later today. That's, uh, you know, the executive founding director, like I am of the school here. He's the founding director of the Extreme Tour, which is an international um, ministry, you know, in its own right. And all of us struggle at times with feeling like we're significant. And feeling like we've accomplished what God wants us to accomplish and that, that we're there. And so I have to be on guard that I'm remembering that God doesn't need me for anything that I'm doing. God doesn't need me um, to accomplish his mission. God desires me as his child and lets me sit on his lap while he drives this vehicle called Hope Learning Academy and New Hope Community Church and, and all of those things. Um so how do you think that your stakes in the ground then, Sam, affect how you view yourself? Um, well, you know, it 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 really um it it obviously really affects uh my self-concept negatively, especially if I am in a very dark place. Like mm-hmm. when I first started with, you know, my OCD, like the intrusive thoughts, and I didn't know what it was. And, um, you know, I would get this one that had to do with snow. And it would freak me out so bad. And I started thinking, you know, about how much of a terrible mother I am, Mm -hmm. and 
how like I shouldn't even be around her. Luckily, um, thank God that when this first started happening, it was like in the beginning of COVID stuff with the lockdown. So Trevor was home. And so like there was literally times where I was so freaked out and in my head that I literally gave her to him and like left the room because I was like, I don't, I can't even like, she can't be near me. Like I'm like a danger, even though I'm not. And I wasn't, but I was letting my anxiety with it take control. Well, and um, I can see and how that it was a, it was a pain to get out. Yeah, yeah, I can see how was, that would hugely affect how you feel about yourself. You feel like a total failure. Yeah, and you know, if people don't understand, it's a very like weird, touchy subject to talk about because people who have OCD they understand, but people who don't don't understand. And so when you try to tell them what's going on, they think that you're crazy. And yeah, well, I don't so understand. It's very speaking, like speaking hard. Yeah. Yeah, a powerful thing for people mm-hmm. to realize as we stand shoulder yes. to shoulder together is that we don't understand mm-hmm. what other people are thinking. Um, I don't mm-hmm. understand what it feels like to have OCD. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it feels like to have an overwhelming compulsive thought that doesn't ask permission to stay in my brain. Um, that's a challenge uniquely yours. Mm-hmm. It's like people trying to understand grief. Yeah. Like, oh, I know how, I know yeah. how you feel. Or all the mm-hmm. other stupid crap people say when they've when somebody's lost a loved one. I have no idea how you feel. Even if I've lost the same person, you lost your uncle to cancer. I lost my uncle to cancer. I have, if, if that were true, I haven't lost my uncle mm-hmm. to cancer. But I would have no idea how you feel because your pain, your your what you're going through, your challenges are uniquely yours. So that that's awesome. Same question, Katie. How do those exactly how do those yeah. stakes yeah, in the ground then? Yeah. How do those stakes in the ground affect how you view yourself? How you look at Katie Adamski? I would say that sometimes it fluctuates because sometimes it can drive me to be better, but sometimes it I can it'll kind of drive me to overcompensate because I'll be so mm-hmm. focused on some of the negative of it that like all hell could be breaking loose around me, but I'm so focused on the one thing that most likely negative and trying to make it better that I'm letting myself down in other ways. So it really mm-hmm. just kind I of overcompensate too. Yeah. That's a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me, overcompensation looks like I do good in one area and then I let another area go a little bit. You know, or or what have you, and I, I'm sure everybody can identify with that at some level. Um, but no, that's that's mm-hmm. amazing, amazing stuff. So, what we're promoting at the 8:13 discussion, and again, we're talking about the book. Oh, it's not appearing. There it is. Oh, <laughs> this vir- virtual background won't allow it. There we go. I have to put it in front of my face. We're talking about this book. And this book, um, we build a whole cur- curriculum off of it at Hope Learning Academy. Let me find the title page here. It's uh, the 4A Principle, and it's by Tommy Newberry. Again, it's it's not let me show it. It doesn't matter. People can look it up. The 4A Principle by Tommy Newberry. And it's a revolutionary <laughs> book in that it really explores 
you know, going beyond the pat answers that we give each other as believers. Like, you know, Katie has a bad day and I call her up and I say, Katie, just leave it at Jesus's feet. And she's like, well, that's cool. Where, where are those feet at? Um, Cause I'm ready, you know, and, and we have all these <laughs> cliche answers. Um, and so as believers in Jesus Christ, it's, it's really vital that we put real thinking and real action um, and real community behind those cliches, because those cliches can be f- powerful. You actually powerfully can leave things at Jesus's feet, but he called us to be those feet to each other. So how are we making sure that that happens? How are we being there for each other? Um, so so that's that's a big deal. Now, I want to start by just telling both of you how proud I am of you as a mentor in your life, as your pastor. Um, arguably from long distance as your principal, as all those titles that God gave me the privilege of having in your life. I'm proud of the mothers that you are. I'm proud of your struggle. I'm proud of your transparency and your vulnerability. And that brings us up to the next part of this. We all have stakes in the ground. We all have those stakes in the ground affecting our self-concept. But how do we bring incremental change to how we view ourselves? That's that's what we're going to go with right now. And I actually think that it's um, it's a great mm-hmm. place to take a break, so uh, so we can sort of come back with gusto, gusto, however you say that, on this exact topic. So we will be right back. Since two thousand three, Hope Learning Academy has been intervening in the lives of at-risk youth and their families. The 813 discussion represents just one more of the many ways HLA is helping families and teens thrive. Would you consider donating to HLA to help us continue our mission? To partner with us today go to www.atriskhope.com. That's www.atriskhope.com and click on donate. The 813 discussion is sponsored in part by 4le.com. At 4LE.com, we believe that your amazing purpose and identity should be reflected by amazing clothes. You can help support the 813 discussion by going to www.forelie.com. That's www.forelie.com. Enter 813 for a special discount on your first order. Welcome back to the 813 Discussion. Once again, here's your hosts, Pastor Paul Kruger and Samantha Opp. Welcome back to the 813 Discussion. I'm Pastor Paul Kruger. As I said earlier, I am joined um, by Katie Adamski and Samantha Opp. You all know Samantha. She's here every week, but we are blessed to have Katie with us this week also. So you get three hosts. And we're sort of doing a round robin with self-concept. We were talking earlier about the idea that um, we all have stakes in the ground that sort of hold us, chain us to ideas that we formed and that we keep and, th- and that we're anchored to. And and those ideas, sometimes they could be good. We could be anchored to the truth, and that's good. And it's going to keep us from going places we shouldn't. But more than not, we're, we anchor to things that hurt our self-concept. We anchor to ideas about ourselves. Um, you know, Philippians 4, 8 says, focus on the good, not the bad. Sometimes we get very focused and anchored to the bad and it starts affecting our self-concept. Um, summarizing, uh, Sam, I heard you talk about, um, some really intrusive thinking that you had, 
that made you actually question your fitness as a parent. And yet we're so far away from that now because I, I was there to help you with that too. And, mm-hmm. and, and pray for you during that mm-hmm. time as you struggled, but you're here now mm-hmm. and it's conquered. And that, that happened because of what we're talking about. And then Katie, um, you and Eric have been through some incredible struggles, things, scary things. And I've shared some of that with you long distance too. And here you sit with your son on your lap, cleaning out a uh, can of snacks there because uh, he can get away with it right now to stay <laughs> quiet during the, the A13 discussion. Um, and God's brought you incredibly far too. And that doesn't come without the struggles that come with with working on this thinking. So that's where we're going coming out of the break now. We're going to talk about um, how this incremental change, how we change our thinking um, and and how we get to a place where we're changing what we think about ourselves, or we're at least filtering it so that we are reminding ourselves of our identity in Christ, which is that we're beautiful, wonderful children of God. And again, not making that into a cliche, but understanding that we are beautiful because God made us beautiful. We're wonderful because um, God wants to spend time with us. And we're children of God. He's He has established that by what he did on the cross, that we have the right to become children of God. And that gives us a, not not just eternal life, but the bonus of eternal life is that we're in God's presence. And not some in some strum the harp, float on a cloud sense. Um, but in a way where everything's more real than it is here and everything's put into its proper place. Um, there's no more tears, no more death, no more, um, sickness, no sorrow, just joy and all of those things. (laughs) Is he laughing or crying? He's crying. Man, that almost looked like laughing. Yeah. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Good timing. No more tears. He's like, wait a minute. Yeah. We've been sitting here a while, mom. Okay, so we've been talking this whole time, <laughs> all, all of these episodes. This is episode 24, right? Mm-hmm. Dang, 24. So all, all of the previous 23 episodes have revolved around a concept that when we change our focus, your circumstances change soon after. We even had a podcast that was dedicated to the idea that, hey, circumstances don't change you. It's the same you in new circumstances. You have to change you for your circumstances to change as well. Um, so, but we, as mm-hmm. but we, have to, we have to keep our new way of thinking, we, we have to be committed to say, okay, does this thought, I'm going to freeze this thought. Does this thought, um, bring me closer into alignment with the identity God gave me or farther away? So we have to freeze frame our thinking. We have to, we have to challenge its validity. Is, is this something that, that God would say about me. And then if it's not, we exchange it with his truth and we act on the truth. So we've been sort of preaching that the the whole way. Um, but there's some concepts that we need to, to, to understand in order to take it further. And that is that if we expect all of our positive outcomes to come immediately when we change our thinking, then we're going to set ourselves up for failure. That would be like expecting a crop to come to harvest right after we throw the seeds in the ground and water it, you know, that doesn't happen. So Sam, um, have the changes that have come from you changing your thinking, have they been incremental and, and, you know, slow and methodical or have they come quick? Oh gosh, no, I, I, you know, I really wish that they were 
quick. Um, don't like, don't we all? Uh, but no, it's been like a slow, steady, definitely on God's timing. Um, and now I, 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 whenever I do have like a moment of like, you know, intrusive thoughts, they quickly uh, pass now. Um, because of how I've really worked on changing my thinking and changing what, how I react when mm-hmm. they come. Um, so, so anyways. Yeah. And how about you, Katie? Yeah. Have you noticed with you that it's incremental or is it something that happens quickly? No, it's been really, really, really slow, but steady. And it's, you know something we're working on so like for example for like those who don't know he was in the NICU when he was born and you kind of helped us get through a lot of how that went but that changed a lot of me and I know Eric as well on you know overthinking and actions as parents because you think in that horrible moment what did we do wrong it was nothing but you know we're almost nine months later and I know we're still working on okay, we need to take the steps to know like it's okay that it wasn't okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, we are good parents now and we just kind of work through not overthinking it and needing every little thing to be okay because nothing's ever going to go perfect. But that's not an overnight thing. That's a mm-hmm. every day, probably for the rest of our lives kind of thing. Last I checked, birds are still flying, but poo is still falling from the sky. Um, and and there's some things in life that aren't <laughs> going to change. So I totally agree with you that, you know, we can't stop negative things from happening. And and change is incremental. It has been for me, um, you know. And, and I have a tendency to be this person that when I want to change things, I change everything all at once. And I think that that's a, a good approach. But one of the things that people have probably heard me say, too, in the 813 discussion is that um, I sort of seek that one thing I'm going to improve each day, improve each day. And instead of all at once, and that's been a better approach for me as well. So what I'm hearing you guys say is uh, exactly what this analogy of the farmer is about then. So when we when we are changing our thinking, we're actually planting a new thought. So that would be the seed that we put in the ground. And then we nurture mm-hmm. that new thinking as it goes. We, we help, we protect it. We, you know, we, we cover it and protect it. We water it. We feed that new thinking. We focus on the new thinking. We draw, we talked about dwelling last in our last, uh, dwelling on things in our last podcast. So we dwell on the good. We focus on the good. And what we see is those things water that seed, but that's still a plant that's slow growing. Um, new thinking, new good thinking it's in its infancy still has to be protected, maybe with a screen, you know, taking the analogy and really running with it, looking at a plant has to be protected when it's young. It might need a trellis. It might need a stake in the ground, um, speaking of stakes in the ground, to hold it in place um, long enough for it to get to grow where its trunk is strong enough or whatever it is. Um, but eventually, as we nurture good thinking in our lives and we nurture it for long enough, we eventually get to enjoy the fruit of our labor. We get to enjoy that fruit that comes from that new thinking. And so you guys are perfect examples, as am I, that incremental thinking changes things. Um, you know, the school was not born out of a quick thought. It was born out of years 
of of being honed and and molded in that direction. In fact, I was a youth pastor starting in 1993, and the school wasn't started until 10 years after that. And I think God was using my thinking and adjusting my thinking all during those 10 years to get to a point where I was mature enough and ready enough to uh, operate Hope Learning Academy. And even then, there's been incremental change at Hope Learning Academy to get it to the place where it is now. And I believe as long as Hope Learning Academy exists, um, that it will also have incremental change every year. I think that is part of the power mm. of what we do here and the flexibility of it. And it's just another good example of, of mm-hmm. how we all change. So too many people, I think, just sort of give up and resign themselves to live way below um, what God intended them to live as and or live in. And um, they don't see themselves mm-hmm. as worthy. Like, Sam, you sort of alluded to that with your intrusive thinking going with snow. You didn't think you were worthy to be a mother. Katie, you were talking about that just a second ago. You didn't think maybe you and Eric aren't worthy mm-hmm. to have a son because obviously he's in the NICU and he wouldn't be in the NICU if you were good parents, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that those are lies straight from the pit of hell because the best parents' kids mm-hmm. end up in the NICU and the worst parents don't. Their kids don't sometimes. So it's not always a function of what we do. Of course, there's cause and effect. But, um, you know, your son is mm-hmm. napping while he's rocking with his mom nine months later. And you did that too. Sometimes we don't keep the right score. So we can't resign ourselves to live below what God intended. Um, that kind of insecurity destroys our lives. And um, the barely get by and grin at mentality. Um, it sells out our true potential. So I guess what I want to transition to now for me, the last 10 minutes of the podcast here is we are God's masterpiece. We believe that. Sam, Samantha, if you don't hear it from anybody else today, you are God's masterpiece. And Katie, (laughs) you are God's (laughs) masterpiece. And I am God's masterpiece. So based on that, um, we have to, we have to challenge the thoughts that we have, those stakes in the ground that aren't good or the bad seeds. We got to pluck them out of the ground so they don't grow in our lives if they're bad. And, and here's how we challenge those. We, we challenge them with the masterpiece standard. Does the thinking that you and I have, does it, it help us remember who we really are or does it take us down a road away from who we really are? Okay, so question, I'll start with you this time, Katie. Question for you is, can you think of a time when you had a thought or you had thinking that was moving you farther away from being God's masterpiece or that belief that you are instead of closer or vice versa? Is there, is there something that you do on a regular basis that you think of that helps you remember that you are God's masterpiece, either one? And you're on the spot. <laughs> I mean, I would, I mean, not to bring up the same thing, but like, that's like the biggest um, example I can think of is like the moment they took him away, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back on that now, I have a lot of regrets and the feelings that I had because a lot of people have a baby, you know, and you get that idea in your head that you get to hold your baby immediately. <laughs> And you get that like, you know, photo perfect moment and it's just like bliss. Well, that's not 
how it happened for me the first time I held him he wasn't breathing and then he was gone and just taken away so I would say like that was a moment where you know my thoughts in that moment took me very very far away from a positive road and like so Katie Gibbons I mean Adamskam coming at you okay so you were lying in that hospital bed a broken mother yeah. Whatever makes a mother a mother, you were broken. And you were laying there saying, I'm defective. I'm broken. I'm a pile of trash who can't even give birth to a healthy son. Is that accurate? 100%. Yeah. While he snoozes in your lap, healthy as can be, ready for life. And so it's a perfect, perfect example that. You are God's masterpiece, and that didn't change because life is broken. Yeah. It it wasn't you. There are birth defects. There are health crises at birth. There's a hundred million things that can go wrong. There's um life happens, and you know, mankind sinning against God, we chose this like reality that we're in that's broken. There's disease in the world because of men. There, there's death in the world because of human beings. There is strife and sorrow and grief in the world because of human beings. It's God who rescues us from all of that. But man, laying in that hospital bed, Mm -hmm. nine months of work and more because it's still happening is reminding you that you are that masterpiece, regardless of what you and Eric went through in that hospital. Because I'm sure Eric was the same way in dealing with the same um you know sort of feelings marine i can you know divide conquer adapt anything and i'm helpless to help my son that's a horrible place for a father to be in well and we talked about it i don't know weeks or months later too and it was interesting to see where his thoughts were at that moment versus where my thoughts were because i you know in the hospital bed was thinking of nothing but August, but he was standing there split. Do I go with him to the NICU? Do I stay with my wife who is not in a good spot? So he has this whole other, you know, view as like the head of the family of, I have to, I'm worried about both of them. But I was talking to Sam about this the other day too. Um, It may not have felt like it in the moment. And I still struggle with like a hundred percent believing this now but it took us four years to get pregnant and I was talking to Sam about how like maybe it took four years for a reason for that specific NICU team to be there for that doctor to be there you know maybe it would have been different if it wouldn't have happened the way it should happen not that I want all the questions that'll make your brain turn somersaults yeah but I mean thank god we did And But what's beautiful about that, too, in my opinion, is that regardless of all that, you were God's masterpiece during the whole thing. And that's hard for us in the midst of all that hard stuff, because there's there are also parents out there that don't ever get pregnant. There are parents out there who don't get their baby back. And, you know, I I was helping a family this last year who lost their their nine year old son to cancer. You know, all those things that we don't even want to think about as parents. Um, Even through all of that, we're God's masterpiece. And holding on to that 
the reality starts to sink in that he does restore all things. Um, so we just lost Grandma Pat, my family. We're going to see Grandma Pat. And, and it's not some blow sunshine up your rear end type of bullfrogs, butterflies, and, and rainbow unicorns existence. That's the reality of the truth that I've come to know that God established for us, that all who can call on the name of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness will be saved. And saved from all of this. We'll go through it right now. But what, what's awaiting us with the Lord is far better than what we're experiencing here. Colors we've never imagined in dimensions we can't measure um, with shapes that haven't been imagined in the reality of how he intended things that we broke. Um, and we can change that. We can grow more towards that and experience that here. Sam, you have been a model of incremental change now since you've been in my high school. Both you and Katie have been. It's been a constant thing of you growing more into the woman that you are today. So we know that it wasn't quick for you. But again, mm -hmm. how has, and, and I'll take the question in a slightly different direction now. How has, um, and last thing we're going to say today, how has you being more in touch with being God's masterpiece unlocked your ability to grow as a woman, as a mother, as a wife? I'm sorry. You're going to have to repeat the question because no it problem. cut out so badly. No problem. <laughs> How has knowing who you are, God's masterpiece, unlocked your ability to be a better woman, a better wife, a better mother? Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that um i i i don't i don't really know i just know that it's just been you know god has really put in work in my life and you know he has changed me in ways that i've never even like would have ever thought possible like i remember and I could totally be a rabbit trailing right now off of the question because it kept cutting out so bad for me. Um, but I remember being in high school and I would, it's like everything that I would say to myself, I could never do like, oh, I could never not smoke weed. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like God would, everything that I would say I could never do, God had me do it. And it, it was never like right away. Um, it was always like when I least expected it. And it's just, it was with things like that, that were like really like big for my life that were like, so like smoking weed, that, that to me was, was like just a big part of my life that I never thought that I could not, you know, be without. And then same with like um, being a mom and, you know, breaking up with my ex-boyfriend, like those type of things. Um, it's like, he was like, you say you can't, but you are going to. And it's just been, I don't know. It's just been really crazy. I don't even remember really what your question was. No, you just answered it beautifully. <laughs> you really did. And um, 
but what what's really cool about that is <laughs> you okay. made the case for incremental change. No, you answered it. Mm-hmm. You did. So you had this thing that you were okay because it's just way. cutting out so bad. It's for fine, me, and I know that's like a distraction. Together, yeah, but you're good. And so what I heard you say, just yeah. to summarize it, is that okay? You had mm-hmm. you allowed God to change. You just all you did was allow Him to define you, and that that has mm-hmm. pushed you into yeah. change incrementally for years things that you never thought were possible became possible because you aligned with what god thought of you instead of what even yeah. you thought of or what others had labeled you as or thought of you you struggled with that in a previous podcast uh, yeah, that exactly. you were still being labeled by your past and then it mm-hmm. hurt you um mm-hmm. so so that's pretty darn cool mm. now unfortunately folks mm, yeah. we're out of time um this was an incredible <laughs> podcast I have enjoyed my time with you guys here this morning. We're going to have more of this. And uh, people that want to hear more on this exact subject are just going to have to tune in next time to the 813 discussion. Um, Sam, are you going to pray for us this week? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I pray for you guys in my alone time. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I ask her every week, Katie. And someday she's going to go. She's going to go, yep, Paul, I'll pray. Well, how about you, Katie? You want to pray us out? I will when Sam does. Okay, yes, yeah, there you go. This this feels just like high school, you two. You do it so well. I just... <laughs> why is that such a good thing? All right. Well, Father in heaven, I thank you for these incredible women that are no longer children, but that I've seen grown up from child to woman. I ask that you would bless their families, Lord God, that you'd bless little August, you would bless Eric, Lord God, and you'd bless Katie, and also Sam and Snow and Trevor, Lord God, that uh, they would be just continuously being on this path. We don't know what life is going to bring all of us, Lord God. We don't know. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be times we don't want to to experience. There's going to be times when everything's going great, but Lord God, we can be comforted in knowing that your vision of us, your view of us, which should also be our view of ourselves, doesn't change. That what changes is that there's um, going to be incremental change that goes on piece by piece as you continuously make our lives more in the image that you designed them to be in. I thank you for this time. It's it's precious time. And uh, we pray that everybody listening would be blessed and protected and grow as well. And Lord, I want to say a special prayer for that young lady that I spoke to earlier that's struggling with suicide as she's walking in the hospital right now during this recording that she would have and get all the help that she needs to be ready to grow and maybe be a guest on this podcast someday too, because she's seen you change everything. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. We'll see you next time from the 813 discussion. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the 813 Discussion. If you have a question about today's topic, have a suggestion for a future episode, need prayer, or want to get in touch with us, reach out to the 813 Discussion on Facebook or Instagram. You can also email Samantha at samanthaop813 at gmail.com, or you can email Pastor Paul at paulkruger813 at gmail.com. Both emails are in today's show notes. 
Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button to support the podcast. The 813 discussion is brought to you by 4 Ellie Clothing and Hope Learning Academy. See you next week.